As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Dock Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Ten. Hello and welcome, my name is Matt Mayer, aka The Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventure series on LawsOfPain.net and your perfect 10 wrestling host right here on LOP Radio. This week I am joined by Laws of Pain's resident NXT expert to talk about NXT TakeOver, all of the contract stuff, the big talking point and a bit of rumbling as well. We're going to reveal the winners of the Royal Rumble Games, which Burn was here to talk about last week. So my guest, Jay Cool. Greetings. Thank you for having me this week. Live from freezing cold Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're in the minus 20s. That's Celsius, not Fahrenheit, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I'm only minus three and I've got a blanket. <laughs> so that tells you how bad it is for him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> blanket is very soft though, so I'm happy. <laughs> right, so uh, there are, there's quite a lot to get through. And of course, I don't like my show going on for absolutely ages. So I'm going to immediately jump into things. So first off, the big news, the contract releases stories galore. So I'll, I'll bring in last week's stuff a little bit to kind of go through it. I, as I am the first show to be able to talk about them after they've all been out, because it seems like after every show we've done here on Laws of Pain this week, a new one popped up. <laughs> so I'm the, hope, I put a tweet out kind of pleading to them to please, could you, could you not... Could you do it before I record the show? <laughs> if you're going to hand in your notice, do it before I record the show. I bet you now I've pressed the record button that you're going to get somebody. It's happened every day this week. So first off was Dean Ambrose, the big one, where there's funny memes on Twitter already because the news broke of Dean Ambrose not renewing his contract after April. He turned down big money. The word is he's creatively frustrated and he hates hokey shit. So <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame him for that. <laughs> That's pretty much been the exact reaction of everybody online. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> just totally understand. So uh, he's going to be wrapping up after April. We'll see if we get WWE using Ambrose's momentum to put somebody over before he goes, or if we see standard WWE practice of just burying him deep into the ground. Uh, well, well, there's there's a word rumor going around that they might. I say rumor. It's because we know WWE are petty, so the people jump into the immediate reaction of what's the most petty thing they could do? Ah, yeah, have him lose to Nia Jax at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> That's eerily familiar to Jeff Jarrett China from '99. Uh, ah, wow. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, because Jeff Jarrett was leaving, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, that's. I mean, it's not the same at all. <laughs> like, no, Dean Ambrose is. Uh, far no, it's not being a dick here. He's perfectly right <laughs> in his perfectly reasonable response he's having compared to Jarrett and the WCW thing. We're entering an interesting time again, Joe. <laughs> interesting time. Again. <laughs> so Dean Ambrose will not be renewing his contract, but we don't know where he's going. He could just be burnt out. He could just be like, "I'm done with this. There are options now. <laughs> I could go somewhere yeah. else." 
I know AEW have said that uh, Chris Jericho especially has kind of taunted the other ones saying we don't actually want that many of your guys other top companies but Dean Ambrose he's different <laughs> he'll be in a massive get for them so I wouldn't be surprised if they did get him if, if that's the route he wanted to take there's also the chance he'll just do a couple CZW <laughs> bookings throughout the year and that's it he's rich now he doesn't need to do it well to be fair that's the, that's the reason he left was creative so. Well, he may feel, maybe he feels burnt out to a degree, and so he may need a little bit of time off just to take a break and kind of get recharged. But now he's got a few different options where he wants to wrestle, and he knows he's going to, he's probably going to get paid pretty decently for any, wherever he goes, right? So, yeah, yeah. yes, he, he's kind of the one that will be pursued. I don't think he will have to do any pursuing. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, just look out for the name John Moxley. <laughs> on your bookies so don't google Dean Ambrose <laughs> that's <laughs> right back. Uh, yes but very interesting times especially as what this shows because the chat for the uh, like the columnist of Laws of Pain we have a little chat thing and just the the excitement in the air it's just, of, just that thing of there's not that fear anymore I think that was uh, something that maybe uh, Rich Letter said it's just that yeah the wrestlers don't have that fear that WWE's the only show in town they're not a monopoly anymore <laughs> suddenly that's right the world's going to get a lot different for WWE they're going to have to pick up their I didn't want to swear <laughs> what I could think of you have to pick up shit in a good way though right because yeah. I mean that's something that you know I listen to Bruce Pritchard a lot and he'll say you know the competition is what made them better it's what forced them to like take chances and take risks and kind of push the product to a different level so I, I can't see WWE failing to respond to any competition that AEW may provide but I mean it's still, it still hasn't started yet so can't tell for sure yeah so uh, yeah, my kind of dream scenario was AEW does enough to make WWE kind of straighten up and <laughs> take stuff seriously again. That's yeah. my that therefore you get two good companies instead of just AEW or WWE, which is a thing I don't understand. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's the New Japan versus WWE arguments that have happened the past few years after every New Japan event. <laughs> it's just the thing. Like I watched both. I've just dropped off WWE because they've slacked, not because I've got. Not because I'm like I'm a New Japan guy. I watch both whenever I can. I, I stayed up for the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> and it well, that's it. It overran by an hour, and I still didn't go to bed. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> it was. Oh, I don't know how Plan does it. Yeah, a little a little applaud for Plan, where the show went an hour longer than we thought, so it didn't end till five a.m. Then he did a show with Steve. <laughs> oh so, wow! So how he does it, I don't. I think he was saying he just sleeps the entirety of the next day. <laughs> He's just gone. Well, I would think so, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I've, I've gone on a tangent. Let's maybe talk about Dean Ambrose. <laughs> but, yes, the, the industry as a whole, this is very interesting. And it's, Dean Ambrose is not the only wrestler. So, after a 205 Live, Hideo Itami asked for his release and he was granted it. So, Hideo Itami's match on 205 Live was his last. You will not see him in WWE again. However, his match at the Royal Rumble was really, really good. <laughs> I put in the pre-show for like last when we did the preview last week I would put in like who cares about the pre-show but then they did a title <laughs> change <laughs> I didn't watch the tag match <laughs> so there's that, there that out of the way I, I saw people talking about it and it's like what what, <laughs> what happened there uh, but yeah so I caught Rusev Nakas like the end of that and uh, Nakas won it back and then I yeah. caught the Cruiserweight match I say caught I was also like setting out food and putting things getting things ready for the Rumble so it was kind of in the background watching it but what I saw it was really really good 
because that's awesome to see. But yeah, the Cruiserweight Fatal Four Way. Yeah, it was it was good actually, and I I'm I'm not watching Two Hundred Five Live right now, so uh, I was really happy to see them just beat the crap out of each other. It was great. Yeah, and some really innovative innovative spots as well, with like the person on the shoulders and then the suicide dive, which doesn't just like send them over; it sends the person sending the other one into a hook and runner. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so good. <laughs> but yeah, lots of really good spots, really fast paced, just a really fun match, which is which would have got the crowd hyped for the main show. It's like it was kind of a really good placement in a way, like a white hot dark match in a way, just to get the crowd yes. ready, like just for the live crowd in a way. Except for they aired it. But that was like the last mate big contest for Hideo Itami. That's him gone. He was never really... Injuries set him back. And then when he got called up, they didn't really get much going. And he got like one big injury. That was kind of it. He would get built up a bit. And then it was that thing of, well, even if he gets to the top of 205 Live, 205 Live guys aren't really getting opportunities. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even, even when he faced Bobby Roode, at uh, at the takeover Chicago, oh, yeah. it was it was an okay match, but it was you still weren't ever thinking, oh, Tommy's gonna beat Rude. Like no one mm. thought that. It was like, okay, he's a good challenger for now, and then Rude will go to the next person. He is right? a he's a massive what if case. Absolutely, because if he hadn't got that first injury, he was the plan to defeat Kevin Owens in New in Japan, not Finn Balor. So wow. I don't know if the idea was to do uh, Itami and Balor as the top two after Kevin Owens left, but it opened the door for you got the whole Samoa. Actually, because there was quite a there was a bit of a time where Finn Balor wasn't really defending that much, and he teamed up with Samoa Joe in the tag tournament, and they built a story around that. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that the Samoa Joe feud kind of came about because of the injury to Itami. That could have been like a big plan that they were going to do. But it is interesting, because he... If that was the plan, what would his career have been like? What would NXT have been like? Because they built off the back of Finn Balor. <laughs> it was... Quite a lot would have been different if Hideo Itami had become NXT champion. Interesting You're right. Part. Yeah, so he's a very interesting what-if case, but yeah, that's him gone. And last week, uh, there's the talk of the Revival and the Canellises, or the Canelli, uh, giving <laughs> in their, uh, their request for releases, and neither of them were granted. Kind of interesting. <laughs> so, of course, the Canellises are saying we didn't. And the, the viral haven't said anything, which is probably maybe a little bit telling. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They, so the kind, and you see the booking for the revival. It's just kind of like they're just <laughs> in asking for their release. Like, WWE are not living up to their end of the creative bargain. And really no, now, and uh, they pl- haven't really gotten a fair shot. Really, hmm. well, I guess they had a little bit of a push there for a few months, but hmm. they haven't gotten anywhere near where they were in NXT. Well, yeah, the uh, raw tag scene just isn't pushed, and if it is That's pushed, right. it's not—it's not really. <laughs> like they'll do not to things. any meaningful degree yeah. at this point. Yeah, like the, their main story arc this year, unless I'm forget. Oh no, because of course there was the whole um, Rollins. It's, it's really diff- <laughs> really weird to remember that half a year ago we had the Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Ambrose and Rollins matches, oh, yeah. like, and they were really good. But then were but that was after crap and before crap. So it's like a two-month window of really good matches and then ten months of just awful blare, like uh, the B-team. Yeah, and then yeah, Drake it didn't Maverick, really hold up. Yeah, then Drake Maverick pissing himself was the main story, or the, or pissing on clothes. It's like, ah, oh, that's the main focus of the match. <laughs> that would be something. Such a different uh, intention between Raw and... Like, NXT prides itself on their tag division. In mm. fact, the tag match... 
typically on takeover is one of the best it's always yeah. one of the best it's never like one of the bottom two and even the bottom two are, are good but it's always in competition for match of the night that's such a big difference from when you look on the royal rumble card and like the tag matches were not really treated seriously at all that's the point they were both jokes yeah, in a way, like jokey, jokey matches. I don't mean jokes as in the negative way. <laughs> they, yeah, so they, they seemed just the analysis. Yeah, depends on what they want, really. But apparently, they say they didn't. So we'll believe that as they didn't. But the rumor was they did. Uh, and yeah. of course, after the match at Royal Rumble, Rusev tweeted WCW, and yesterday Nakamura tweeted WCW. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I've written. They both cryptically tweeted in my notes. <laughs> I'm not sure what's. Not really sure what's cryptic about it. <laughs> Just the. Yeah, <laughs> the cryptic. Well, isn't um, is Nakamura's contract up soon? There was talks. Yeah, that Nakamura and AJ signed similar length contracts, and they're both coming up soon. And neither have extended. But I don't know when they're coming up. And I, it's, it's odd. Nakamura is in that later stage of his career. Yes. So he is looking to wind down in a slightly comfortable position. But creative-wise, I can only see it getting worse for him. So it's mm. interesting. With Rusev, they turned him heel, and that pretty much kills Rusev Day dead. Could that yeah. be enough for him to like have enough? I'm not sure. But you don't normally tweet WCW out of happiness. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. Mm. You're right about uh, you're right about that. And and I think it, you know with other options like AEW. Mm. It can't hurt. It can't hurt a guy to to say, you know what? I've done I've done what I can in WWE right now, and if I'm financially comfortable, well, maybe I go to AEW for a few years, and then maybe come back to WWE later, and my stock might be higher, and then you retire with with the big company again. You know, like w- why not take a chance? These guys are well. Rusev's young enough. He's got time. Yeah, for Nakamura, I think it is. He relocated to America, and he's kind of looking to wind down there. He loves surfing. So okay, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's happy to kind of wind down in America. But it depends what AEW set up like. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know anything about it, aside from they've got this show coming up and there's talks of a good TV deal, but we don't know anything. Is it an interesting period <laughs> where yes. WWE guys don't feel that they have to stay with WWE because there's no other option? The, I've, the the entire time I've been watching wrestling, I've only known the WWE monopoly. So for me, this is really interesting. I know mm. it, in the past there was a ECW and WCW and WWE things in Monday Night Wars, but that was before I started watching. <laughs> so I've not been watching whilst this is that's been a thing, and it's it's very exciting for me. New, <laughs> it is speculation. It, for me, it's in, seeing uh, Sean Sapp and uh, Ryan Satin on Twitter, just getting really excited. It's just like, when they started doing this, wrestling was not in this condition. <laughs> and, <now laughs> it, and weren't expecting it to be. And now it's just in a super, really interesting way. There's a, there's a, I say it's not a boom on the horizon, but it's a definite change of the industry, which makes it really interesting to keep a track of. Yes, 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 you're right. No, it's exciting times, so we just kind of stay tuned at this point. Right, so the other massive talking point I wanted to get out of the way before we jump into everything is the one that I wanted to... I say get out of the way for a reason, <laughs> but it's the big talking point on the internet. The intergender wrestling. So this came about with Nia Jax appearing in that's number 30 in the Men's Royal Rumble. And she played the character of the villain that you... She's the dirty villain. Oh, damn you, villain. And then she gets her comeuppance. And then she seems to be getting away with it and things going away. And then she gets... The villain gets her comeuppance. 
and is uh, beaten up a bit and thrown out. However, <laughs> she was beaten up by Mandy Orton, who is a man. Nia Jax is a woman. So then you've got, for the first time in WWE in quite a while, you've got the intergender wrestling thing happening. So is that, I understand from a standpoint of a company like WWE where you can't have men beating up women. As in, just like from a sponsor standpoint, I 100% understand. <laughs> they do not want that. <laughs> and I, I see this as a testing the waters. As in, they did this, this massive thing. And well, what is the reaction to it? And as I put in my column, well, the reaction was maybe not quite yet. <laughs> then you can tease the waters, but like it's it's still it's split between people like me. Well, I don't know where Jekyll stands, but for me, it's I've watched Lucha Underground, where man or woman, everybody was equal, and everyone fought against each other, and it was it's awesome. It worked. If it was a bigger man versus a smaller woman, then it was exactly the same as a bigger man versus a smaller man. There was no. It didn't matter what sex you were. Everybody was equal, compared to WWE, where they pushed the two divisions equally. That's the it's a difference. I say difference in philosophy in the pushing of of both sexes, but it's it's interesting to see that WWE are testing intergender wrestling. So I never thought they would go back to it because I thought with the women's division properly being pushed. Because in the past when they've done it, it's been a massive thing because the women's division has just not been on the level of the men's. Compared that to now, the women are looking to main event WrestleMania, and it feels like they should. So it's odd to have the women in the men's Royal Rumble because if they if they've pushed them as two di- two different brands or two different divisions, sorry, but they're equal, then why is there a need to do intergender wrestling when both of them are both divisions are pushed equally? But again, it's testing the waters. What will people take? And I'm fine with intergender wrestling. I think it can be amazing. If you've watched Jordan Grace on the Indies, if you've watched Candice LeRae especially, <laughs> she's her, her matches against. Uh, so many people. <laughs> I was going to say Joey Ryan, but she's done so many other amazing matches, especially in PWG. Check out Candice LeRae in PWG. There are some amazing <laughs> matches. She's quite possibly the strongest female wrestler. Well, for the time she was the strongest female wrestler on the Indies. Of course, uh, John Grace now exists. <laughs> so I don't know if Candice LeRae can claim that. She is incredible. But that's an amazing example of intergender wrestling. As I say, with Lucha Underground, uh, Aisha Rye and Carrie Sane. Well, there were those two and another Asian lady, can't remember her name. They had a like three women gauntlet match one after the other against Pentagon Junior, which took up the entire episode of Lucha Underground. So it's Pentagon Junior beating up three little Asian ladies one after the other, and it was really good. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, competitive. Yeah, it was truly competitive, and Io Shirai was like a, came off like a megastar off of it. Like she really took it to like the, one of the top guys in Lucha Underground, and yes, he snapped all of their arms, <laughs> but it was a really good match. And they like they really took it to Pentagon Junior, and he really had to fight to kind of get that thing. Like these were they're not just three Asian ladies or smaller wrestlers, but they were gonna kick his ass, and he did get his ass kicked, <laughs> but he fought back obviously because he's like a top guy. <laughs> but yeah, so intergender wrestling can work, and even um, before the scandals and everything happened, James Ellsworth, uh, James Ellsworth brought about a intergender wrestling title belt for the indie scene, which was a really good idea. Unfortunately, it's now got kind of the stain... Oh, that's a bad phrasing to say the stain of Ellsworth. Oh, it's got... Uh. <laughs> it's It's got his stink, essentially, in a way, with the story of it. I can't remember how that story ended, but still. That, yeah, that title, unfortunately. So, it, for me, intergender wrestling is a thumbs-up thing, but also, I totally understand why WWE are having to test the waters with this, with this sort of thing. Instead of just like doing it like they used to do with the like, attitude era and things, because every time they do it, it's to cry about 
well, isn't this domestic violence? To which my immediate thought is, domestic violence is doable by both genders. <laughs> so that's not, it's not, it's getting, it's getting serious, <laughs> this topic now. But yeah, I don't want to go into it too much. For me, I don't, I don't get that domestic violence thing. No, it's context is everything. Absolutely, and and you know, Nia Jax is the right woman, oh, the perfect character, and she probably was thrilled with that opportunity. Well, have you seen because the she knows how big of a deal it is. She knows historically that she's in a very unique and very um, special category of women who are given that opportunity. She made the most of that opportunity. She did not look bad. She she like held her own as ex- as I would have expected her to. And I think it would be it'd be a sh- a shame if she wasn't in another men's rumble in the next few years because she totally can hang with the guys. Yeah, and for me, uh, did you see the reactions of the other wrestlers of two Nijaks being in the rumble? Uh, yes, but now I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> Long story short, they were static. They were really excited, yeah. and they were like, they were, they were just saying, "Oh, can I wrestle this person?" Can I wrestle that? like Ember Moon going, "Can I wrestle Rey Mysterio, please?" <laughs> just yeah. like everybody getting really excited for the prospects of who they could wrestle. Like, oh yeah, all the women wrestlers in WWE were static over the idea. But it, it's obviously it's people. It's not people in WWE. They've got to appease, really, in a way. <laughs> Will sponsors be happy? Because of course the issue is you can't have uh, intergender wrestling matches where the men can't fight back. It defeats, right. it hugely defeats the point. <laughs> Which is why it's interesting they're going this route with Ambrose and Nia Jax. Or is Dean Ambrose the perfect person to test it out on? Because if it backfires, he's leaving anyway. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's an easy one. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's. It's very interesting. Well, and he'd handle it well. I think Ambrose would handle that very professionally. Oh yeah. I think he he would be he would be a great person to wrestle with because you know that match psychology wise he's gonna make it work really well and uh, probably make Nia you know probably make Nia like up her game to a place maybe she hasn't been to yet because she's never had that kind of match before yeah she's had the like, big person match a big person match you know where the uh, I mean the like the big match where she is the big monster and then like her match with Ronda Rousey I thought was really good they have really good chemistry yes but she plays like a similar role and she doesn't really have to go too far outside her box it's just that Ronda Rousey is very very good Dean yes. Ambrose will get her outside of her comfort zone with the because he's uh, the technical, really character strong, really story heavy in his matches. So that's something Nia Jax will have never done before. And actually, wrestling him in terms of like the type of wrestler he is, that will would benefit her so much being in that kind of match. Or she'll completely fail because <laughs> it's may, maybe d- too far out there. He, uh, I don't think he would let that happen. Mm, that's a fair point. He, right? yeah, I mean, he's a professional for more. For exactly. So they'll they'll make it work and 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 yeah if we're lucky we'll get to see it. Yeah, so again, that was the topic of intergender wrestling. Yep. <laughs> I find it, I find it really difficult to talk about because I feel like I'm dancing across a line. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't I hope I hope we didn't offend anybody. I think we danced it quite well. I can't really tell. It's twenty to two in the morning. Right. We'll have to wait for the uh, the f- feedback ah, Thursday yes. night. <laughs> Just to see everyone go, I'm not listening to your show ever again, imp. <laughs> I'm done. Like, oh, oh, okay then. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ten. All right, so we will talk about NXT TakeOver Phoenix, as I have the NXT TakeOver guy. NXT TakeOver. The NXT man is here. He's currently watching NXT, so he can tell us if anything happened. 
Has anything happened <laughs> whilst it's been? We are recording as NXT's on live, so we uh, we're we're at the main event now, which is going to be Street Profits versus Forgotten Sons. They've had a little feud going. Before that, the start of the night was Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai defeating Shafir and Duke. And that's Shirai's second win over that pair because she paired up with Dakota Kai in December to beat them. So ah. they had a great match. That was it was fun. I'm not sure what to think of Shafir and Duke yet. They have they're an interesting tag team presence. I think they're benefiting from the time with the vets. Uh, so maybe they're just getting kind of trained for something bigger. Maybe <laughs> I say that with the exact same like, connotation in my voice. Don't <laughs> <Just, laughs> connotation with that word, but yeah, it's. Um, so I'm trying to find the word, and I've just realised I'll be really boring to listen to if I'm silent trying to think of what word I want to say. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So yeah, for me, um, it's yes. I say it in the same way because it's. I don't know what the plan is for those two. Especially because there's a talk of Ronda Rousey not staying much longer, or she might be off after WrestleMania. <laughs> it's like the uh, meme of uh, Vince McMahon just sitting in the fire going, No, nah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, We've got all these megastars, it's awesome. Uh, like, Ronda Rousey might not might be leaving after WrestleMania. Oh, no, it's still fine. Dean Ambrose might be going, Oh, it's still fine. <laughs> Multiple people, that's for reasons. <laughs> Everything, yeah, everything's fine, Vince. Don't you worry. But yeah, so if Ronda Rousey does leave, then that means that they, I can't, I can't see them being main players in their current state. Like they need, they don't just need to spend some time in NXT. They need to spend some, like quite some time in NXT. Like look at Baszler, she's been in there for a while now, and it's really benefited her. And now she's amazing. Uh, it would really benefit them as well, obviously, <laughs> staying in there. And if they get called up now as a package with Baszler or to join Rousey for like a massive four horsewomen thing, I feel like they might struggle, but. They won't need. I say struggle. They don't need the spotlight on them, though. They can be a bit backgroundy, because Baszler and Rousey are good enough to take up that spotlight. So it's not too bad. But then they will be kind of just there, and the two teams won't feel equal because you've got four strong players on one side and two on the other. It won't quite work. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you do in that thing where they need more time, but there might not yes. be time to give. It's an odd one. Well, unless they do something unprecedented, and that is they call up Shafir and Duke for the big match, but then they they go right back to NXT. Ah, oh, the uh, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks thing where they got called up, but they were still in NXT, still doing stuff. Yeah, that might be better for them. Like, get that big spotlight match, and then, okay, we are going back to NXT because we want to dominate their or when um, Sasha Banks had a mystery tag partner and she chose Bailey, but yeah. they didn't leave NXT. She was just there for that one match and then joined up like after SummerSlam or something. Yeah, so that that would be a nice, that'd be a really helpful move for mm. Shafir and Duke, I think. Oh, to get the experience, but then like just piss off again. Yeah, <laughs> just back down to go. Yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, I don't know what the plan is, but uh, I will say that Shivai and Sane are awesome. And I've got finally gotten used to calling her sane and not throwing a little hissy fit inside my head. She's like, that's not how they'd say it in Japan. It annoys me. <laughs> Does that <feel> such <laughs> a nerd? <laughs> it's like um, they changed Dominic's pronunciation to Dijakovic. Oh yeah, it's like weird. no, no, <laughs> please no. Uh, and I'll say it one more time. Why in WWE have they decided to do hard C's at the end of these Eastern European names? I don't understand. 
<laughs> like little, little lesson that I, I think I did last week, but I'll do it again. In Serbo Croat, the it's one of, it's unique because every letter is always pronounced the same. Uh, as in, it's they pronounced the same way no matter what what letter other letters they're paired with or whatever. So you look at the name, the tennis player Djokovic. If you pronounce his name Djokovic, you're not pronouncing it Otis Dozovic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because it's always pronounced the same way, <laughs> and you're not calling him Dijakovic. No, it'll <laughs> <laughs> be Dijakovic because <laughs> the J's a Y and the C's a Ch. That's right. And it'll be that every single time without ever. So yeah, I'm, I've just I've just tweeted it out earlier. Just like, is this a new rule in WWE where the J's are pronounced <laughs> J's, the C's are hard C's? <laughs> it's like that's not how their language works. <laughs> this. <laughs> You're on to something here. Like you've just outed the writing staff big time on like not knowing their Eastern Slavic <laughs> languages. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, I, feel like, with it. I feel like such a nerd getting annoyed about about it. Hey, it's just it's just more proof that those guys need to have a language teacher on their staff so that they can get these things right. I was like, no, it would be Sané, not Sane. <laughs> no, it's me. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where immediately it's like, yeah, but does it matter really? <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but it just annoys me a bit because I know uh, I, I look at them and that's how I pronounce them in my head, and they say them, and it's like, oh, but I'm right. <laughs> I'm not right. Uh, I'll get used to it. It's because it, it, it threw me off <laughs> watching the heavy machinery and he called him Dozovic. I was like, oh, why are you doing it? Is that a thing? <laughs> Have you been told to do that? Why? Oh. <laughs> it's just whatever Vince wants. Remember that. Or in this oh, case, yeah. it's probably just whatever Hunter wants. He's like, you know what? Dozovic sounds way better than Dozovic, so <laughs> nobody will notice. <laughs> and meanwhile... <laughs> I'm sat at home, clenching my fist, clenching up the paper, like, what, what? <laughs> yeah. No, clenching his blanket. He's like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's not a euphemism. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, yeah. It annoys me, but I feel... I know, oil, I, I'm trying to know why I'm saying a bit like a farmer man. It annoys me, <laughs> but I don't know why it annoys me so much it really shouldn't <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, anyway Io Shirai and Kerry Sane awesome and I th- would they be a tag team if they came up because that would be quite interesting actually because there's a new oh. avenue for call ups now for the women because there's the tag scene and yeah. Sane and Shirai they are they've got the history together I'm assuming they're very good together you're witnessing it right now assumably Oh, no, you've already witnessed it. They were the first match. I'm an idiot. They were first match. Yes. Yeah. No, they're 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 fine. They're strong teams. So that that would be a neat way to call them up. But I don't know. I don't think there's any rush. Yeah. On I mean, that. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Sane gets called up relatively soon, like the SummerSlam spot maybe, or oh, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. But the uh, yeah, at some point over the year, I wouldn't be surprised if Sane calls gets called up and maybe Shirai stays in NXT and mm-hmm. kind of takes Shirai's spot for a little bit. But they could also call them up as a tag team just to fill out that division a bit. But my main thing is that we don't know how much time that tag scene is going to get. Because I had to do a trigger in my head. Because I'm normally, when it's a random women's tag match on Raw, I'm like, well, there's not much on stake, on stake here. I'll just wind through it. Problem solved. But I had to tr- tell myself, oh, wait, no, no, they're not random anymore. There's <laughs> a, a, a tag team thing. You've got to actually watch these. <laughs> so I've got to do a mental change in my head that women's tag matches are no longer random. <laughs> There's a tag right. belt they're fighting for. Uh, 
Yeah, so I don't know how much... I don't know if it is going to be, essentially, they are those same tag matches, but now there's belts, so they're not meaningless. Or if they're going to get a bit of time dedicated to them as like to really make them feel true. It's, it's early stages. I'm assuming they're going to do their best to give them prestige. That's all I, that's all I can assume, is they're going to want to get the belts over. <laughs> that's the yeah. thing. Like, yeah. scrap, just scrap what they're doing with the men's tag belts. They're going to actually try with the women's. And I think there's only one, so... It'll be cross-brand, or it might be the first step to kind of dissolving the brand split or whatever. Don't know Again. Turn there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's odd they've done, they've done it twice and they've called it quits twice, but they, I, I would hope they do it better than last time when they started doing the Raw Super Shows. Oh, no. Oh, I no, we don't want show. those. I hated those. <laughs> and then they started getting the celebrity hosts. Oh, it was uh, awful. <laughs> well, it was, that was a bad time. About a, de- a decade ago was a bad time to be a WWE fan. <laughs> they, yeah. Raw, you think Raw was bad now? Oh, they were bad then. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, yeah, definitely worse because now the the quality of wrestling mm. in general is better. Yes, 100%. Right? Yeah. We're past the uh, John, John Laurinaitis as yeah. the... Oh, whatever the role was, <laughs> getting the people in. The role of getting the people in, <laughs> whatever that's called. Uh, he Talent, something... Oh, I've done it again where I've just stopped the show to think of a word. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, Take but, over. Talent, dick, dick, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. so um, as soon as like that, we're past that phase now. We're now into the awesome era of the NXT call-ups being the ones being thrown in, where they've just signed every indie talent off under the sun <laughs> to huge contracts. Uh, it's interesting seeing who, like that one time, I've forgotten what the tag name was. Was it the American Dragons? Um, what's his name? Yeah. yeah, Eddie Edwards and the other one. Oh, the, yeah, uh, Richards. Yeah, that's it. Davy Richards, I want to say. Yeah, Davy Richards. Yeah, they were in. They NXT. were the Wolves in Impact. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so they went to NXT first at from Ring of Honor, so like from main eventing of Ring of Honor. They went to NXT and had like one or two tag matches, and then just left and went to TNA as the Wolves. Yeah, Which, yeah, like yeah. It's interesting seeing who's been in and like who was offered stuff as well. Like the books were offered NXT contracts years ago, and they were like, "No, we know our worth." <laughs> and then, then they've just they've just exploded ever like after that comment they exploded. So it's interesting to see they knew their worth before they exploded to this huge thing. But, well, yeah. Short digression: when the Wolves landed in Impact and they had their their triple threat feud with the Dudleys and the Hardys, mm. that that was some of the best tag team wrestling of the decade. Like, and I think a lot of people missed it, yeah, but that... their matches were exceptional. That was like towards the end of the Dixie Carter era. That's right. And was at the same time that where they did that awesome stuff with uh, Buddy Ray wanting to powerbomb her through tables, <laughs> as well as yeah, that was. I think that was after. No, that was okay. the powerbomb through the table was before. I think before. All I that. know is they did it in the. Was it? Is it called the Empress Ballroom? I get confused. No, no, that's the Blackpool place. <laughs> no, the uh, the ECW Hammerstein one. Ballroom. Hammerstein, that's the one. Yeah. So they did the shows there. I'm pretty certain the uh, like they did a like three way TLC or four Metal mayhem. It was called yes, yes. Did that it was in the fantastic. Yes, <laughs> highly recommend you check out that match from a certain amount of years ago that I cannot recall. <laughs> it might be <laughs> half a decade now. <laughs> uh, yes, interesting people have gone through NXT in this in this era, and you've, now the main roster at Triple H was just falling over the prospect that everybody, like every match, had an NXT person in that match at a WrestleMania. 
now it's that point where most of the matches are entirely NXT people at some point. So it's taken over. We're into the NXT era. Uh, pardon the pun of the taken over. <laughs> it's really taken yeah. over the main roster where the all the guys were NXT at some point. Uh, most of the guys, obviously, you got you know, veterans. Well, the people who weren't are veterans now. Everyone else has been through NXT at some point. So we're into that awesome era, which I feel like is a good way to work into TakeOver Phoenix. <laughs> I think yes. I introduced this like 20 minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> this time. So, this, is what we're, this is what we're here for. The main, the main event. <laughs> uh, so the an, an amazing event. Uh, for me, uh, I say that about all the takeovers, where I really like all of the takeovers, and I'll call all of them equally amazing. But for me, it's from really enjoyed all the way to like one of the best events WWE ever put on. Kind of my ratings for these takeovers, uh, they flow so well. I think that's my like the main reason why I use the word like amazing event is from start to finish. It's just like so quick. And you've, for me, the only the only time I noticed like what time it was because I watched this one live, so the only time I really noticed what time was was when my connection started messing about for Champa Black, and I've still not been able to properly watch it. So I was, oh. it, was it was my internet. It wasn't WWE, <laughs> but randomly at like two thirty a.m., my internet went to crap, and it constantly it was just wouldn't buffer the show. So I was quite kind of irritating, but That's sad. But it was great for the rest of the show. And it f- absolutely flew by. Because at that point, it was like two, two and a half hours into the show and it feels like 30. It's just like, <laughs> compared to WWE main <laughs> roster, it's amazing to see that. And we'll, oh, to be fair, I will say the Royal Rumble went by pretty quickly for how long it actually was. Like, I will say it felt four hours, but it was five hours. It <laughs> so was, it was, yeah. it was long. It was long for sure. Yeah. So it felt long. It was long, but it felt, it didn't feel super long even though it was super long it just felt long <laughs> so, uh, that's what she said <laughs> can you make that's what she said jokes <laughs> you just oh, did they're, they're, they're like from the noughties they're a noughties thing <laughs> at the start of the century we're, into the, yeah, we're, we're good we're at the end of the next decade and I'm making jokes from the decade previous <laughs> uh, anyway so take over Phoenix started off with the tag team championships and as Jacob said earlier it's normally the match of the night or a roundabout up there for it. And for me, this was my favourite match of the night. So I will ask Jacob what his is later. But yeah, I was really amazed. Because um, I, I, was, I was in that thing where something had happened in real life and I wasn't sure if I'd be 100% able to focus like totally on the show. Then the lights went out and there was this drumming thing and out walked Vikings bashing the spears on their shields and <laughs> <laughs> the shouting and I just thought yeah I'm going to be fine <laughs> immediately into it uh, I, that was one of the best NXT entrances ever <laughs> if not the best NXT entrance ever uh, that was awesome <laughs> just, and um, I don't know if you caught Triple H talking on the Facebook chat afterwards or in the, like, the conference call and things but he said if you've got Vikings Use Vikings. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't fight you on that, Trips. <laughs> yeah. So, what did, what did you make of this match? I've rated it. I've rated it as my personal favorite. But what did you think? I really like this, and and I knew it would be the opener because they've been pretty consistent about making the tag match the opening match. Um, aside from. Um, War Games, because there was no tag team championship match. Um, 
yeah, the, this was a fantastic match. The 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 amount of agility <laughs> <laughs> that <clears throat> that Hanson and Rowe exhibited is is incredible. Like you just the things they do, you you don't expect from people that size. But it's not just that they do them, but that they make it look so good. <laughs> it's like such a good like their top rope moves and the double team stuff like just fantastic like my, one of my favorite things during this match was going on twitter and look at people's reactions of like for the first time they're seeing hansen do all of this amazing stuff that he does <laughs> it's like obviously i've watched it in ring of honor i've watched it in new japan and random places they've shown up so i know 100 percent what they can do is they've just kind of only showed little bits of it so far and then Hanson pulls out a handspring. <laughs> Twitter just explodes. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? He's like 300 pounds. <laughs> How did he do that? Oh, so he is so athletic, the stuff he can do. <laughs> it's just, the handspring's just the surface. <laughs> just really well, and it, it, really, it really does set up 2019 mm. to be interesting in the tag division because Adam Cole came out a few weeks ago and said 2019 is going to be the year of the Undisputed Era and we're going to hold all the championships. And so War Raiders kind of you know, right away answer that and say, no, that's not happening. Like, it's our time now. But you could get you could get a pretty interesting feud the next few takeovers between these teams. And, and everyone would, I think, be very happy to see that because there is no other tag team at the moment that that can match the pedigree of war raiders or undisputed era like we're in for what i think is going to be a pretty fun feud over the next what five six months yeah i'm assuming this it it might be this like the reverse match will be at the takeover oh where are they new jersey that's it I don't know if takeover's in New Jersey. Normally, it's like next door, isn't it, or the closest? It'll be no. It'll be in Brooklyn. It'll be Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I don't know. I would, I would assume they'd do the like rematch at Brooklyn if if rematches are a thing in NXT because they're not on WWE. <laughs> Which makes me makes me laugh that their way to do it is they just do number one contender matches and they'll just win that. <laughs> well, like, it, it depends because I think we were talking about this last we, last time. <clears throat> it, they were due for a Dusty Rhodes Classic if they do oh, it. I don't know if they will, right, yeah. but but last year they had the Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic Finals at New Orleans, and uh, that's when they had the the triple threat match, right? Yes. So and somehow undisputed era, even though they weren't in the tournament, ended up retaining their titles and winning the tournament, <laughs> <laughs> which was incredible. <laughs> they, so that, was that the triple threat? Yeah, you, you, yeah. you just said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was Authors of Pain, and then Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne who oh, advanced yes, to the yeah. finals. Uh, yeah. But then they Undisputed Era got involved because that's what they do, and then they were like, "Yeah, we'll put our titles on the line." But I guess you can put on put your Dusty Rhodes <laughs> Classic uh, Championship trophy on the line, and Bobby Fish carried that around for about five six months. So. <laughs> Um, I will just say, just as you were talking then, Sir Sam messaged me. Uh, hello, Sir Sam. <laughs> just, now. Uh, just saying, uh, just replying to my thing about how to pronounce surnames. <laughs> and, okay, great. Uh, Sir Sam just pretty much said identically what you said. <laughs> just, I could just picture Vince McMahon saying, that's how I pronounce it, damn it. <laughs> just, that's exactly what... <laughs> well, yeah, exact same thing that Jacob said. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah so... 
yeah, it's interesting to see what they're going to do after uh, the big thing with Brooklyn. But yeah, I feel like in Brooklyn they'll put War Raiders. I can't really say it. They'll put War Raiders over massively at Brooklyn and go into the new era of the tag division. Because I feel like we're due another a clean. I say clean up, not clean up, but promotion sweep in a way. Like the it happens in NXT where you get those mega stars at the top of NXT, and then you'll have like over a one year period they'll just be plucked away slowly in a in new era, and you realise that all of those guys are gone and they're rebuilding again. Mm-hmm. So we've had our we've had our latest peak, and now we're ready for our next kind of rebuilding in a way. Because the point of NXT is to develop st- to develop stars, get the characters ready, and there are a lot of people where they're ready. And that, that it's happened before where you had um, you have your different eras like uh, one before this was Nakamura, Bobby Roode, and Samoa Joe. Then they left, and it's like, well, who's going to main event now? Our NXT's done for. <laughs> and, then you, and then you build up these mega stars that they got now. You got Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black, and then they'll they'll leave. Uh, the Undisputed Era will leave. Uh, I, I feel like they're a matter of time as well. <laughs> Just, the same thing will be said. So, oh, NXT don't have any stars. All oh, they've all gone to the main roster. All oh, they're doomed for. <laughs> and then they'll rebuild again. <laughs> so they've done it every time so far, uh, from Sami Zayn to Finn Balor to. She's going to more to now with this lot. Yeah, the NXT will be fine. They rebuild, and I feel like we're due another cleanup. So I wouldn't be surprised if Undisputed Era putting over War Raiders is kind of their like goodbye kind of uh, yeah going going getting called up whilst laying down on the map putting out over someone else. That's what I'm expecting. So, uh, but I don't know what they're going to do with the other two Undisputed Era members. Will Adam Cole be one of the tag guys just as a thing, or will he be involved in the North American match? Who knows? They might do another ladder match as a little staple. Although I, I, I prefer they didn't, because <laughs> that, that ladder match was special. I prefer them not to try and recreate it. <laughs> well, i i have a I have a thought on that, but I'm gonna wait because there are some other wrestlers we need to discuss before we get to that point about Adam Cole and what's up for him next. Yeah, <laughs> just seen your reply to Sir Sam. <laughs> Go to Twitter, you'll see it. It made me laugh. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so the next match, I feel, I feel like I could talk about Undisputed Era for ages because I think they're really good. <laughs> so I'm going to move on before we end up on them for another 10 minutes because there's a whole card here. Uh, yes. Matt Riddle versus Ono. Uh, so when I say the weakest car- uh, match on the card, I mean that in a way that NXT takeovers are really strong. And if you had a to- if you have a top level TV match on a takeover card, it's going to feel weak in comparison. <laughs> Just because takeovers Thanks. are so good. Uh, that's a fine summary of what this match was. Absolutely. Yeah, a really that's... strong TV match on a takeover card. So it felt weaker than it probably was. Yeah, and and what's what's interesting about this to me is that um, that they've they've stretched this feud to two takeovers, mm, yeah. which is rare for a a new star. Well, and I think we can agree that Matt Riddle is being touted as a star wrestler. He's a first round draft pick, if you will, um, and he he gets the benefit of having wrestled two takeover matches in a row against the mm. same opponent, which is rare outside of championship rematch circumstances so I you know I like that in a way because it it means it means more 
it's not just a well, let's get him on takeover and he'll wrestle someone who's pretty decent. It's it's actually a, a credit to Ono because Ono had for a while not been getting featured on uh, takeover cards. Uh, in fact, it's been a year almost. It was almost a year since his. Uh, since he wrestled uh, Velveteen Dream in January, and then he got that real, like, <laughs> shocking joke of a match at War Games. So this was, like, his, his return to showing what he can do. And um, and he made Riddle, I think, cry a little bit when he bit on his foot, which was great. <laughs> Oh, that was. <laughs> uh, but he's a great. But he was yeah. the he was the right guy, right? Yeah. Ono was the right guy because he's a strong striker, and and he's he's even though he's not winning often, you can't ever completely count out the fact that he could dominate a match. Mm. So it feels like he's yeah. being used. I just have to talk about undisputed era to set up war game, war game, war Vaders. Uh, Cassie's Ono is being used really well to set up the future in Riddle and Keith Lee, especially Riddle. Because I feel like, in terms of like when, how long a character's been on NXT television, Riddle's appearance at War Games was extremely early into his run. Like you mm-hmm. hardly see that. Like, uh, in the way they've done it as well. Because the only other time someone's been on quicker is someone like Shinsuke Nakamura or, uh, I guess, Mickey James, but that's not right. <laughs> there are other people where they've just done that video and then they appear at TakeOver or immediately they won't, have, they won't build their character on NXT. They'll just appear with a big flash like Ricochet did. Yes. Whilst Riddle is the character they've built up more standardly, really, in a way, for NXT. Like figuring out the character, having those quick jobber matches, and then like slowly developing the character. So you've got used to his wrestling first, and then you get used to his character properly afterwards. Yeah, so Riddle appearing on TakeOver was extremely early into his run, if you kind of look at it in that way. So this match, in a way, feels like his first proper TakeOver match. Yes. And, and, and it's still character-establishing. So this isn't go- was a- this was never going to be a out of this world match. This was closer to like when I talk about what Dean Ambrose does. This was closer to that. It was in the- it kept very characterful, very story driven. Uh, nothing out of this world, but it did exactly what it needed to, and it did it really well. Yeah, and and for Matt Riddle, he benefits from wrestling a veteran of the of the wrestling world, right? Because yeah. how many years has Ono been wrestling? Oh God knows, <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets the benefit of of having these big matches with Ono. He's probably kind of sitting under the learning tree, if you will, because yeah, Riddle's great, but he's he's still you know kind of a raw talent, if you will. Um, so this kind of maybe establishes him, gives him a little credibility, and then he can move on to you know another feud possibly starting to look at you know the north american title area or if the dusty roads classic happens throw him in a tag team and see how he does with that for a while ah lee and middle it's already ready ah. there you go yeah <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good shout actually because quite often for the future stars they will just throw together a tag team and you can build a rivalry off of that especially with Lee and Riddle. For me, they're the immediate two that jump out as the future of NXT past this current era. So I wouldn't be surprised if they build a build up a little story between them with a the tag thing. That'd be kind of cool. But that takes yeah. us to the next one. I feel like I'm done with Riddle Ono. <laughs> Just, are there any more final notes on Riddle Ono before I properly move on? Take that as a no. <laughs> right, next up, 
the North American Championship, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano. This was a lot of other, a lot of people's main, main, main event. A lot of people, oh, I can't really say it. A lot, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving this in as well. <laughs> it make me seem like an idiot who can't talk. So okay. the, <laughs> uh, the North American Championship between Ricochet and Johnny Gargano was some people's favourite matches of the night. Uh, for me, it took me a little while. For me, it went, it was, it went from... There was a lot of cool stuff happening, but uh, it took me a while to get past the fact that it was just stuff happening. And it wasn't until the end where they started teasing with uh, Johnny Gargano uh, fully turning to the dark side to capture that championship. Before they got to that, for me, the match purely was stuff happening with no real viable reason or continuing in the selling <laughs> of the moves that were happening, taking the energy out of them or whatever. And so for me, it was a lot of cool stuff, but it was just stuff and nothing to it. Then the stuff at the end happened, and then they ended up really enjoying the match. But for me, I don't know. That's why it's not my match of the night because Undisputed Era War Raiders was a very tight. Really, the story they told all fit for the entire match compared to this one, which I felt uh, yeah like two halves. One half was story. One half was cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can I can understand that. But 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 check it from this perspective. If you go to a movie mm. and it's two superheroes battling one another and they happen to be flying in the sky while they're fighting so you know think of like black panther where they're like falling and they're fighting at the same time and they're doing a lot of cool things but you don't necessarily see in those like in that moment the story but there is actually story that's kind of circled it from the last you know so many weeks so you've put it in that context and and remember that that this match is just one part of Johnny Gargano's transformation from beloved indie sweetheart, <laughs> DIY tag member, to embracing his dark side, and somehow the fans are cheering him. I don't understand that, but they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ricochet is like the hero, the guy that like everybody loves, <laughs> and he cannot really be hurt, and now he's he actually does lose like this. I think there's more story here than than people are maybe willing to give credit for. Mm. Yeah, so for me, that's why I really like the second half of this match. Where as soon yeah. as the uh, the side was ripped open and the concrete was there, and Johnny Gargano didn't do it, it's like, well, he's going to do it again. But it's the way they did it, the way they built it up, where he didn't go back to it again until there'd been like so many near falls and. They've both done so much damage to each other and the incredible athleticism from Ricochet and the more hard-hitting moves from Johnny Gargano and nothing at the end of the match. Then he realised he could actually do it and that's when he finally gave in, turned to the dark side and <laughs> destroyed Ricochet on the outside. As I, uh, my, my immediate thought was, well, he's not going to actually hit the move because that would... Oh my God, he hit it! <laughs> Ricochet! <laughs> no! Oh, that was... <laughs> so here's here's why what I didn't like though is he does hit it mm. and then after the show ends you you get that yes, halftime yes. heat what what's going to become halftime heat that skirmish and Ricochet just walks out <laughs> yeah he's it's dead. like what like <laughs> would he not have a bandage would he not be hurt to some level mm. and that's when you know and that's when you know oh yeah these guys are superheroes they don't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> They're not real people. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it's a it's a, a planned as a good comparison of uh, the NXT show, NXT takeover shows are a bit like Marvel movies in that they have their formula, it bloody works, and they stick with it. They don't really work from that. They don't really they don't really expand from it too much, but they've got their formula that really works. Uh, so it's kind of like, and being like Marvel movies, it makes sense if the characters are superheroes <laughs> instead of men, indestructible. Uh, just don't, yeah. You want to be Marvel. You don't want to be DC when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Top nice. Superman versus Zod. Jesus Christ, that was meant. <laughs> just uh, I was. Yeah. I'll stop complaining about DC. <laughs> it doesn't go. I didn't like their movies. Uh, but yeah. So yes, that's why I really like the second half of this match. I'm totally with you. But for me, the line was, "Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that most of NXT." isn't canon to the roster <laughs> the main roster so I'll just count that as it didn't happen to the main roster and this is the main roster thing in a way to do with half time plus I loved that ad <laughs> that played it was yes. like why would you watch Maroon 5 <laughs> they, they're shit <laughs> watch this instead <laughs> just completely shat all over Maroon 5 completely yeah we haven't them. seen that for a while from WWE they haven't they don't usually take shots at people anymore so that was kind of cool like it's a more attitude era thing, in a way, like all the way like through to the ruthless aggression, in a way, just that thing of yeah, just actually taking shots at things to get themselves over with a bit of attitude, a bit of aggression. <laughs> but yeah, since it became a, a happy-go-friendly company, it's like no, we'll play nice with everybody. <laughs> but this felt like a turn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just... It was a heel turn for WWE <laughs> on the public scene. <laughs> oh, to be fair, they've tried so many other things. Like even the Saudi Arabia deal didn't turn them heel. <laughs> it is mental. That should have been done. done. But no, we're taking shots at Moon Five. Oh. <laughs> like we don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a re- it's a really good idea as well. Especially for wrestling fans, just to do that, we'll put on. It's not just a match, but it's a match between six really athletic NXT guys who have got loads of momentum. They are the future. So check these guys out. It's... So, yeah, whichever older brother or sister or parent is going to flip to halftime heat during the Super Bowl <laughs> and their kid is not a fan of, of WWE yet, like that match could make fans out of kids. I'm, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. The, the, the spectacular kind of element of of the the theatrics of of some of these characters right so that will that will capture some some attention and then when you see them in the ring and the kind of stuff they do like it's these guys are really really like top level wrestlers right now so it's a great idea for wwe to do this especially where like the current crop of guys they've got with such strong out of this world characters like especially you got like you have velveteen dream yeah. Next to Alistair Black, next to the incredible Ricochet, <laughs> and then you got the super heel Tommaso Ciampa, whatever Johnny Gargano is going to be. I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? <laughs> the sixth person. Adam, Adam Cole. Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> yes, I can't believe I forgot about him. <laughs> so yeah, so you got strong, really, yeah, some really strong characters. And like the especially with Dream and Alistair Black, where they're going to be like nothing some kids will have ever seen, uh, which is going to be awesome. And then he got the superhero Ricochet as well. So totally with you. This group of guys really could put on something special. Uh, obviously, it's already been recorded. It was recorded at Chasefield, wasn't it? Am I being stupid? Hmm. Maybe not. 
Oh, maybe uh, it was. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I remember reading something about where it was going to be re- recorded, <laughs> but I don't know if it was going to be at Chase Field or if it was going to be this week. Oh, wait, yeah, sorry. No, I'm speaking bollocks. They're recording it at full sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes more yeah. sense. And the recording's happening right now. So, yeah, that does make sense. Yes. I was speaking. And we do not have any correspondence on scene right now, so we cannot comment on it yet. Correct. I follow some people. And sometimes, and I'm on fifty-fifty in my mind <laughs> whether I want to continue following them or not. So sometimes I don't like spoilers. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, that's a good spoiler." <laughs> then, oh yeah, no, yeah. I I had to I had to swear off spoilers pretty much when I started writing NXT mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't want to ruin the surprise element. Like I want to react to things as though they're they're happening for real. Mm. You know, and in the moment as much as possible. Mm. So I, I, I've done a great job of avoiding, you know, the whatever they tape three weeks in advance. I don't even pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So uh, Ricochet Gargano was incredible superhero stuff. But for me, I preferred the second half to the first half. Even though the first half, I don't know. The first half, I feel like it was paced really well with when they did the stuff compared to the second half, which started to go crazy with it. But the second half also had the story element blatantly in your face. <laughs> so I was able to... Und- I, I followed the second half a lot better than the first. Again, it was like 2am. I'm happy to say that maybe I missed some stuff <laughs> in the first half. Well, um, that's a match that's going to watch back real easy, I think. Oh, yeah. we Every Ricochet match is that. <laughs> for me uh, for me because Ricochet was one of my I'd call him my boy Ricochet when he was on the indies he was one of the guys that I always got excited to see uh, one of my favourite matches Ricochet versus Cesaro back in PWG it's a, it's a ba- it's baby Ricochet so he's even smaller than he is now and Cesaro is exactly how he is now <laughs> so just imagine they just as athletic but a little bit smaller versus a Cesaro of the same size wow <laughs> so, yeah. some of the stuff they did is fantastic I cannot wait to see Cesaro versus Ricochet again. <laughs> they do some awesome stuff. But they're in different worlds. Ricochet won't be in the tag team world. Oh. <laughs> and he won't be on 205 Live. He won't be on 205 Live. <laughs> He'll be fine. Oh. Who knows if 205 Live will exist by the time Ricochet gets caught up. Who oh, knows? What yeah, fair point, fair point. I feel like WWE are going to shake themselves up in reaction to the world wrestling scene changing. But I don't know how. I don't know if they're going to realise they need to cut people or if they're just going to st- continue with their world domination of, well, we need content for the network. <laughs> so just getting loads <laughs> of stuff. Uh, anyway, next up, it's the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler defending against Bianca Belair. Interesting reactions as they walked out. Shayna Baszler getting her normal reaction, but Bianca Belair heard some boos, which I don't quite understand, as in I don't know... What has she done to earn any booze? <laughs> I've not understood that. She seems to have developed really well, so I'm a bit confused. Do you, you watch NXT way more regularly than I've been? Is there a reason why Belair didn't get like just a normal face pop? Uh, I don't know. I don't understand hmm. why the booze, because at Full Sail she was getting big cheers and lots of EST chants and... So yeah, I don't know if it's just a if it's a West Coast thing. Like, is she where's she from? Is she from Florida? I don't or know. She, <laughs> yeah, I guess we yeah. should probably. I'll check on that, but maybe it was some something she had done in a past <laughs> life. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
Or could it be... Because I saw the... Um, when Shayna Baszler did the comment of... Was it... Undefeated, overrated? On one of the shows. And quite a few people saw that on Twitter. But hadn't seen the shows. So didn't understand the context. So the jump on the bandwagon of Belair's overrated kind of thing. Without understanding... No, this it's just something Baszler said on NXT. This isn't an opinion of <laughs> somebody that's blown up out of proportion. No, it's just a... And it's just a heel thing. A heel said... But yeah. then maybe you never know what blows up on Twitter and what people understand. Context doesn't always matter on Twitter. <laughs> They'll just blow up regardless. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. No, she's from Tennessee, so I don't know what what happened there. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I know that there are some. I've I've seen some opinion from people that suggest Bel Air is undefeated, but uh, or not undefeated that she's overrated. <laughs> well, she was. She is. Un- she was undefeated. <laughs> These people claim she's undefeated. I don't believe them. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think she held her own in this match. I mean, this was her her big takeover debut, and she looked great. She mm. she fought off the submission game plan of Baszler. She got to show off her strength, which she, she is. She's an yeah. incredibly strong lady. And... Uh, and 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 she looked she looked really good in this match. So she, I think this this really helps her. I don't know if she's going to stay in the title scene or not, but she has to be taken seriously as a as a top top woman in the division. And even her hair whip, which well, she was very reliant on in her earlier days, in this one the hair whip was like a last resort sudden snap. And the the one time she she only used it once, and it left an, a genuine mark on Shayna Baszler. And it was a last minute, like, a whip of a thing, just as Baszler was about to do something, about to deliver a really strong, like, maybe killing blow or final, one of the final blows that leads to something. And Bianca Bella, that's where she ripped out the hair. Like, even that wasn't used as a crux, just to show her development. She that's really, right. She really has developed, and this match really showcased that, I thought. But the point I was yeah. making last week in the preview was this is Bianca Bella's first takeover. So for me, she's obviously not going to feel on the same level as a lot of the other women who have been there for longer. Because quite often, if they've been there longer, they've been on a takeover. Belair hasn't. She's been developing in the background with the undefeated stuff, obviously, as well. And this was kind of her coming out party, I felt. I feel like she should be a bigger deal after this. So I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, I am too. And I think that if we want to look at a comparison for Belair... I would say look at Ember Moon's first match against Asuka, hmm. Orlando 2017, and then like so watch that one, and then watch Baszler Belair, and and see if you can and see some similarities because they're at a similar point in their careers. Both women, both women are at a similar spot, right? That's their first takeover. Hmm. They're against a, a a a champ who's been champ for a long time. I mean, Baszler lost it, but she got it back pretty quickly. So, you know, I think Belair's in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, so, final question to do with this match. Uh, Shayna Baszler, does she get called up with... Well, while, when, the, when her friends are ready, or does she get called up earlier? Or does it all depend on Ronda Rousey? It's quite confusing <laughs> what could happen to Baszler, because she's one who has improved to, so much to a point that she's ready. But her friends aren't, and they feel like a, they feel like a package together. So, so what is your opinion on Shayna Baszler's future? How long should she be NXT champion? Or is her call-up imminent? So we're looking at about a year, 
that Baszler's been the top woman in the division. Uh, yeah, it was the Royal Rumble last year, was it? Or when she first blew up onto the scene? Yeah, so she yeah, she lost to Moon in Philly, but then she beat Moon in New Orleans. So, yeah, we're looking at about a year, and that's that's comfortably, I would say, where most wrestlers move on is after a year at the top. But you're right, it does depend on Rousey, I think, because that's that seems to be like the money match right is horsewomen versus horsewomen that's what people are talking about that's what they want to see so it just depends on if rousey wants to do that before she goes away which i would think she would because why else would she bring her friends to wwe <laughs> if you're not going to wrestle with your friends like why bring them you know <laughs> yeah it's of course um, that might have happened before fatigue set in or something and Maybe like life realizations happen on the road. <laughs> I don't know. I've not I've not lived that life. <laughs> well, God, I get deep at half past two in the morning. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a reason I said it. I, yeah, I do feel like it does hang on Rousey and what she does. A hundred percent will change how these people get called up. If Rousey leaves, they could still do horsewomen, horsewomen, but it won't be the same. Because again, Baszler and Rousley are the big two, whilst the other two aren't quite there on that level yet. So it is, even if one of them is married to Roderick Strong, so she'll be training 24-7, because that's how that works. <laughs> it's married to a wrestler, it's wrestling 24-7. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, it 100% depends on that. I don't know what would happen if it's nothing not to do with Rousey, if, if she does leave and then they get called up separately by their own ways. Uh, if Baszler will appear first, and just like just like in NXT, where it's Baszler first, and then her friends follow, in a little way, I feel like they should be because like, if they feel kind of I was gonna say miniony, like they're there, they're her yeah. yeah evil minion bodyguard kind of things. I feel like they feel that role quite well, but you even saw it in this match where when they jumped Bel Air, uh, it was a bit sloppy. I don't mean in a sloppy way. I don't mean in a way that the like Sasha Banks round the Rousey had a bit of sloppiness in it, but that made it feel more realistic, more like a fight compared yes. to this one where it was just if just done a, a bit sloppily in a clumsy kind of way. <laughs> it didn't quite look right. Uh, yeah, so it's that, yeah, it's a bit odd for UFC fighters to struggle with that part just to take the person down. You should be good at this, gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so but I feel like they just need more time because look at how much Baszler's improved. Like it's incredible. Not everybody's going to be the Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey hit the ground running. Some people like Baszler did need time, and she got that time, and now she's at such a high level. I feel like the other two are just the same. Like give them time, they will improve. And as you said earlier, putting them with Sane and Shivai is not going to hurt them. <laughs> That's like two exactly of, like two of the best people to put them with to learn off. So yeah, there's a lot of things in the air. I feel like yeah, Baszler's ready, but there's lots of plates spinning. <laughs> so it depends on there's, how the plates fall. This is, I mean, this is it's an exciting time for WWE because there's a lot of change and there's a lot of kind of unknown about what might happen next. And you've got women's tag team titles now being introduced, and you've got uh, Becky Lynch, uh, Ronda Rousey possibly main eventing WrestleMania. So you know we need to kind of see in the next few weeks of NXT TV, I think that will reveal that will kind of tip their hand a bit about, you know, what Baszler's going to do next. So I don't, you know, I don't feel, I don't really feel like a um, fortune teller 
I like to have a little more evidence before I I make uh, you know <laughs> predictions. So yeah, I'd say let's just wait a few more weeks and then we might know a bit more. Right. So next up is the main event: the NXT Championship. Tommaso Ciampa defending against Alistair Black. The match that I hardly caught anything of, or I caught it, but it was in bits and sections and HD standard D. Standard D, that feels wrong. <laughs> it was HD standard definition, uh, blurry as hell, so it was all over the place, constantly stopping. So I struggled to follow the story. What I got was stuff happened and now and then there'd be a strong kick or an attempt at a strong kick, or Tommaso Ciampa would reverse into something. Well, I did catch my favourite, my, actually my favourite spot of the entire night, where it was just a smooth thing, where uh, Tommaso Ciampa... I think it's Master Chamber Alistair Black's going to hit something, and then they did like a a monkey flip roll kind of thing, and the person flipped perfectly with their feet on on the middle rope, <laughs> and then it just did the DDT. But it's just the way that they flipped and landed so perfectly with their feet on the. I was like, Jesus Christ, that was smooth. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, such a good spot. Can't remember who delivered it, but that was my spot of the night because it was just so out of nowhere, it was just so smooth. <laughs> it just. Well done, guys. That was an amazing spot. Oh, this was a fantastic match. This, yeah, like you say, the smoothness, the counters, the the kickouts, the false finishes, <laughs> like all those exciting elements that we we expect in like a modern WWE match. Um, but uh, but you know, I couldn't help but feel like the momentum for Black has cooled. Yes. And I kind of said that last week in my review, or maybe I said it in the the rankings, but, you know, all of the hype for Black was there at War Games, and he beat Gargano, and it was like, yes, all right, <laughs> like, he's back, he's going to take out Champa, and then the cage match happened. And I feel like the cage match just, I don't know, something changed there with Gargano and Ciampa kind of teaming up and you realized like Black's the odd man out here now like he he somehow and maybe that's because of his injury he lost his his opportunity to kind of regain the title because it seems like there are way more directions for Black to go he's he's lost to Ciampa and Gargano now like it's over for him you know <laughs> yeah I totally agree Yes, it's and not- it's sad because he was such a hero coming back from his whodunit mystery summer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, sorry guys, it's 2019, like that. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> like, do you remember when uh, Finn Balor lost the title and then he was still in NXT for a little bit, and it's just kind of like his momentum went down a bit. It's just kind of like, well, why is he here? <laughs> and I, I yeah. we could be entering that with Alistair Black. There are ways to link the stories up, of course, and. Who knows what's going to happen with Gargano and Champa, but yeah, I feel like his time is kind of like wrapping up in NXT, and in these next few months until he gets called up, it's just going to be like maybe a bit floaty for him, like not that much going on, just waiting until he gets called up. Like it's happened to people in NXT before. You're just waiting. Authors of pain. They've done everything. They were just there. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Unfortunately, it happens sometime. NXT is ready to move on, but the main roster isn't, and you have that jarring thing where you just have people floating about in the middle. So we might get that first of Black, unfortunately, depending on what the hell happens with Champa Gargano. Who knows? 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and, and so again, let me be the guy who brings up this Dusty Rhodes classic potential because oh, it's such a yes. great thing to have as an annual event. It, you, so many stories can come out of out of a tournament like this, but you could see Champa Gargano reunite and say, you know what, like we're gonna ally again and we're gonna win this tournament like we should have won it when we were in it the first time, yeah. and uh, and kind of reform that that team, but with obviously being evil or bad or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that fans would probably like that. I think they would fans would probably get into that. What, what about you? What would you think about that? So my immediate thought was I I would prefer it if Johnny Gargano hasn't forgiven Champa in actuality. He's turned to the dark side, but he still hates his guts, that kind of thing. So he may that team up with amazing. him. Yeah, so it might, it might team up with him. But like I'm expecting with The Miz and Shane McMahon, it's all a ruse. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this one's a little bit better done. <laughs> a bit more serious, yes. less comedy. But, yeah, so my, this is what I would prefer. But I've, I've not seen any signs of this being a thing. <laughs> just to make that clear. This is just me fantasy booking and what I would prefer for this storyline would be. And I like consistency and continuity, and that's that's what this would be. Gargano hasn't forgiven Tommaso Ciampa but if he earns his because uh, Ciampa calls himself the puppet master as well but if all along it, if John it turns out he never was it was actually Gargano I love that <laughs> I love that idea of it turns out all along Ciampa wasn't pulling the strings it was Gargano and... so if that happens Matt then Gargano is going to be is going to explode like People are going to be all in on Gargano at that point. And they already are to a degree. Like, it's hard for people to boo him now, mm. even when he does really terrible things. <laughs> so yeah. if he shows that, if he shows his hand and goes, yeah, I, I, I was just like fooling you the whole time, man, is he going to be over? <laughs> uh, as a, again, I'm not sure if that's a thing because, of course, the rumor was they'll team up DIY and they get called up as DIY my thing would need them to reunite as DIY go through the whole tournament and then have a splitty up thing afterwards and that might even take until after Brooklyn (laughs) so my thing will get scuppered by call-ups but I love the idea (laughs) that's a a cool idea for sure it would really put an interesting well I guess yeah it would it would continue the the chapters of this story like this is really entering into unprecedented territory for how dynamic and how long this story has been drawn out and yet it's still capturing the attention of NXT fans like people I don't know are people bored of Gargano Ciampa yet like no my fellow Brits on the right side of the pond are but they don't like the kind of wrestling match style so it's, it's more to do with that than the story right but yeah for me, there was so much you could do with this. Where I'll just be, I'll be a little bit sad if they just reunite and they get called up like that. It's just is like, oh, but there's always so much potential and it makes sense that Gargano wouldn't have actually forgiven Champa, and maybe he came up with this as a way to get close to him or something. I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of ways where this could be very, very interesting compared to just like, yeah, I mean, them reuniting would be fun to watch and it would be kind of interesting in its own way. I prefer my one. <laughs> my one. 
It includes consistency and continuity, two of my favourite things in wrestling stories, which WWE just tossed to the side, which is why NXT's been so refreshing to watch. <laughs> just, especially with this feud on Gregor Champa, there is so much where they call back on. Uh, like There's a lot of stuff where you won't notice it until someone points it out on Twitter that, that it's a callback. And it's in like every one of their matches. And it's yeah. awesome to see. Uh, obviously the latest one we got was a steel cage match where suddenly it's like oh shit we could hit our finisher and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it came at Black's detriment <laughs> as we were talking about earlier but yeah so we talked about Black what about Champa then as NXT champion what is he what, what's kind of like his momentum like going into Brooklyn yeah and he's still the puppet master he's still large and in charge and <laughs> And, uh, you know, for the time being, it would seem that Gargano is not a threat to the title. It would seem because you've got you've got other guys now in the mix. Right. So Dream is still kind of lingering on. And and so he's going to be in this six man tag. Ricochet's lost the North American title and now he has nowhere to go but up. So why not give him a run at the title? And Adam Cole has not yet had that run at the NXT Championship, and Undisputed Era is uh, pretty pretty much on the fence as far as you could cheer them or boo them. And against Ciampa, you could easily see Cole being the face if he just changes his attitude a tiny bit. So you know, and he he's obviously got the the pedigree to be a main event wrestler. So. You know, there's a lot of ways they could go with this. It's pretty exciting. You're just making that point of Champa versus Cole. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. that, that is a tasty matchup. <laughs> but again, I think the biggest thing that could scupper like, either of our like, predictions or things that could happen or like the way the momentum could fall is the call-ups. So, uh, we'll talk, so moving on to the Royal Rumble... It's going to be a nice smooth transition where I'm going to struggle to put adverts in. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, so, with the transition to the Royal Rumble, the NXT folk who appeared in the Rumble, it's a lot easier to remember for the men because there were so many randoms in the women. But for the men's, you had Johnny Gargano first, um, wrestling kind of as a babyface, although he just did his stuff. It was neither, really. It was just Johnny, Johnny wrestling. That's a good way to put it. Uh, then he had Alistair Black as well. And am I forgetting anyone? Is that all? Is that it for the NXT guys on the men's side? I believe so. Because nine, yeah. there was no Lars Sullivan, which um, again with the backstage news, obviously that makes sense. And there was no EC3, which surprised me. I thought we'd get an EC3, but they decided to just pretend the recent call-ups none of them <laughs> happened apart from the yeah. one. <laughs> none of them showed up in the Rumble. <laughs> really? And neither were on. There was no EC3 on Raw either. No video package or anything. Unless I missed it. So a bit odd with EC. I like EC3. Why is he not being? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I like EC3 too. So that was really unfortunate. That because uh, he would have been great in the Rumble. He he has all his you know kind of cliche whatever trademark moves mm. and sayings, and he would have been. Co- talking with the crowd while he wrestled which is always entertaining so um yeah oh you know what um we have to mention pete dunn did make another appearance in the rumble i forgot last week and last week when burn brought up pete dunn i said i had to formally apologize to the prime minister for getting about him 
I've done it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm guessing I have to get the butler to order the car. <laughs> I'm going to London. Oh. <laughs> so yes, Pete Dunn. He was the other NXT guy. I knew there was a third. Yeah, he was really good. Um, so I've not really watched the men's rumble yet. But um, someone made a point that if you watched Pete Dunn, he was never not doing something. So he was either always like working fingers or working wrists yes. or trying to get somebody over. He didn't have any downtime. He was always doing something. Which, as a potential call-up for the future, that's something it's really good to see. You never got them walking about randomly compared to... Oh, I completely forgot his name. There was an Asian man, a huge, a man who was really famous in, in, in uh, Japan. At the uh, at the time of the uh, like ninety four rumble, and they brought him in to as like one of the people to take out Lex Luger. Uh, what is his name? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, if, I watched him in the ninety four rumble, and there's a point where he literally just walks back and forth in the middle of the ring, and he, he looks confused at what to do. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's just was it? Yeah. It wasn't Tenryu, was yeah, it? That's it? Yes, it's Tenryu. Yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's. That is hilarious watching Tenryu in that ring. I'm sorry, as a New Japan guy, I'm sorry, sorry for forgetting that man's name. <laughs> he's huge in Japan, uh, but yeah, he uh, yeah he's walking back and forth in the middle of the rumbles. Like I don't know what to. You're you're all doing something. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny to watch on just like a full minute. He's just like uh. But yeah, so it's good to see if you see see that's the that's what's the worst thing that can happen for a new person in that area, compared to Pete Dunne. He was always doing something. That's a, a bright thing to see. Like, just to always be on the ball in that way, under that pressure as well. Awesome to see. Uh, Alistair Black delivered some really stiff knees <laughs> and looked amazing in the process. Yes. Uh, someone made the point that Samoa Joe had his awesome performance and then he turned into the guy that these guys would come in and get their spots in on. So Alistair Black kicked the crap out of Samoa Joe. Which <laughs> was quite, quite good to see. Uh, but yeah, so what do you make of the NXT guys in the Royal Rumble? Well, I'm just kind of reviewing. So they both got a uh, an elimination, right? Because mm. Gargano took out Jinder Mahal. Yep, good on him. Very fitting. And uh, and then uh, Ambrose was eliminated by Black. So mm. a big uh, elimination for well, assumably big if it wasn't a you dare resign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, they both they both looked great, and 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 Dunn always looks good whatever he does because he's the kind of guy that if you were in a fight in real life you would want him with you hmm. and uh and they were it's nice to see the nxt stars getting consistent attention at the rumble like it's the right kind of surprise entrant to have i mean if you've got such a great alternative brand why not throw a few of those guys up and see if they can make a bit of an impact on on a main roster pay-per-view audience so the fact that those were the guys that they chose does not surprise me uh, because that's, you know, WWE is kind of looking ahead and saying, like, these these guys, we want to know if they're going to get kind of the reaction that we are hoping for. And I think Black's going to be probably the first one up of that bunch. Mm. Gargano, obviously, is going to have some unfinished business to attend to as North American champion and uh, with Ciampa, so... Yeah, it was it was great. It was nice to see them. Uh, I will just say I saw my burp appear on the audio. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> um, <laughs> normally, 
it doesn't catch it, but th- that one unfortunately could not be held down. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to the NXT women for the uh, Women's Royal Rumble, we got five, if I might. We got Jaya Lee, Carrie Sane, Io Shirai, and her amazing moonsault. We also got, uh, forgotten the name, Ray Ripley, <laughs> and Casey Catanzaro, who they all seem to have moments of shining. So, Jaya Lee was in there for the least amount of time, if I'm right, for like four minutes. She did her kick things. There's some more kick things. There's some more kicks, and she was out pretty quick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, then uh, Carrie Sane was, yeah, she got a great spot, and uh, Aisha, Aisha I got to do her moonsault almost immediately, which is like, it's so good, her moonsault. It's amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. And then uh, Casey Catanzaro got some time to shine as well with her super athleticism. Where, so you had Naomi do the uh, Kofi spot, then Casey's kind of like, I'm evolving this. <laughs> it's just. Uh, it's it's not a look kind of th- it's not skill and look it's more pure skill with Casey and I think that's why it was so impressive to me just to see her doing the handstand walking back to the ring post and then climbing up it I was like oh I've seen you climb the ring post in NXT but it's still kind of awesome to see her do it on the main roster so she really stood out and of course uh, she's shown uh, some videos have surfaced of Casey Ripley Casey Ripley, Casey versus Ripley I'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, they, these two have been having amazing matches on the NXT live circuit so they showed that in the Rumble <laughs> just with a bit of quick zippy things because he got very pleased strength with Katie Casanzaro's agility and the two yeah. together are magic and oh got, for sure yes, you got to see it a little bit here so that's yeah. really cool to see uh, Ray Ripley she got like three or four eliminations because she's tall, oh, yeah. she's tall, and she's blonde. Therefore, oh, she's guaranteed success. Oh, for one. sure, she's mm. she fits the right mold, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vince has a type, <laughs> and very Ripley, uh, tall and blonde. Yeah, she's going to do really well. Plus, she's really good, which really doesn't help. Really doesn't, sorry, doesn't help. Really doesn't hurt <laughs> as well. And with people like Casey, uh, those matches are probably well, they're going to get just those two together. Just put them in a match together, given time, they're going to get over. Because they work, they work off each other so damn well, <laughs> and if being able to see a glimpse of that in the rumble, it's like it's not just Ray Ripley that's the future. It's Ripley and the kind of the other women around her. And I think that was I, I, there were five call NXT guys, and I thought they were. I was like five. That's quite a lot. But I liked how that emphasised that they were looking at the future with this rumble. And I don't know. I wrote in my column that maybe this rumble was making a point. That now WWE, instead of calling on stars of the past to be their stars, they're using them as a kind of point of we are looking to the future now. We're no longer trying to live off the past like they've been doing for so long. They're rebuilding, they're focusing on the future. And that's what this Rumble felt like with all the surprises being NXT call-ups. Aside from like Jeff Jarrett, who they got out of there quick, and Kurt Angle, who was equally not in there very long <laughs> at the start. It's mostly NXT and mostly talking uh, building up to the future, and I thought that was a really nice note in the Rumble. That's a great point, and I think what I'd like to to do to enhance that is is take a moment to recognize Lacey Evans because she's oh, pretty God, recent call up, yeah, and she had a great great showing in the Rumble. She eliminated both the Iconics, which is uh, probably made a lot of people happy. And then uh, Charlotte was the one who eliminated her. And and if you want to look at like a future potential women's main event, you could see Lacey versus Charlotte as a potential main event because 
Lacey Evans has been getting nothing but praise and nothing but strong push ever since her character debuted on NXT TV. Like, it's just been nonstop, just like slowly ascending, ascending, ascending. And then she's gotten the the push to the main roster ahead of a few women, which might have surprised some, but the character that she has is going to appeal to a lot of people. And, uh, and, and so the Rumble was a, a kind of like a coming out party for her, I think, too. Right, so uh, I feel like that. Yeah, so NXT had a really good showing at the Rumble. I really like the idea on the emphasis of, of the future. Uh, we got to see Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross. She got an amazing pop. Yes. <laughs> Nikki Cross was amazing. Uh, but uh, just overall, the feeling of looking towards the future rather than like kind of hanging on the past kind of thing. A, a, kind of a really amazing note for that. And of course... Uh, there's a reason I've called my column series the road to the main event of Wrestlemania and I'm only talking about the women there's a reason <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> called it and I'm going to die by that sword <laughs> to think of the women are main eventing Wrestlemania which is awesome and in that way it was also great to see so many new like, future stars getting a spotlight in and in the Royal Rumble which brings me to the Royal Rumble games so I said at the start of the show that I was going to announce the winners so I'm going to do that now. So, the Royal Rumble winners, first off, between myself and Burn, I have once again beaten Burn in the Women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> Unlucky Burn. <laughs> I got Yay. my... So my team was Charlotte Flair, Trish Stratus, Shayna Baszler, Nikki Bella, <laughs> and Nia Jax. I had two people <laughs> in that match, and I got the second highest score. <laughs> so well done me. Uh, Byrne went with Mandy Rose, Ruby Riot, Caitlin, Lacey Evans, Ember Moon, Candice LeRae. Oh, Candice LeRae. Good thing I did this. <laughs> Candice LeRae was also in the Women's Royal Rumble. She had a really good showing as well. Yes, she did. Uh, she, had, she had some nice stuff with the Riot squad. I'm being stupid. Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she looked really good. And of course, uh, hers kind of fed into Johnny Wrestling later in the night as well. So that was awesome to see. Really, a lot of the women call-ups were folk who aren't getting a lot of time on NXT TV. So, like, Candice LeRae's not on there loads as far as I know. Neither Zia Lee. So it was good to see those two get a spotlight as well. And Casey Catanzaro as well. She's not especially on NXT loads as far as I know. So, and, of course, very Ripley's off in the UK. <laughs> so, who knows? Anyway, so, Byrne got 74 points. He sucked. So, but the winner... Of the Women's Royal Rumble and getting allowed to make Burn a signature which he will use on the Lords of Pain site. And it can be whatever you want and he's going to use it. So let's <laughs> make it. But the winner was King Zack with a hundred. <laughs> I can't remember what his team was called, but King Zack is the winner. 118 points. That Yes, he got like 20 more than me. <laughs> and I was second place. So well done, King Zack. Uh, hit Burn up. If you've not seen it already on the comments forum, hit burn up. Uh, but I do know that the winner of the second Royal Rumble has already messaged, uh, talked to Burn about it. He, The winner of the battle between Imp and Burn first, nearly forgot about that, uh, was me again defeating Burn. <laughs> burn still hasn't beaten me. This one was closer, six points. <laughs> but Burn still hasn't beaten me in his own game. It's mental. Uh, I, again, I only had two people. Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. But... Wow. So he had more people. Well, actually, did he? Yeah, he did. He had one more person. But it was uh, CN Almas, 
or just sorry, Andrade, because that's the <laughs> the two parts of his name I have been calling him. I'm no longer there. I never say Andrade. <laughs> so uh, Andrade, Samoa Joe, and Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz was like hardly in it. Samoa Joe had a nice run, but didn't do well. And Andrade's in the last lot, so nice to try burn. But the winner with 88 points because he was the only person, if I'm right, in the entire game who had more than two people actually in the rumble. <laughs> and that was Don Frank, the newest goal up to the main page. Way to go, Don. With 88 points. So he is now the men's Royal Rumble winner. And he also gets to make a signature or hit somebody up to make a signature that Burn will use. And Burn will use both signatures for the entire time. So, yes. I th- again, when we first did this, I won and I made him like a love thing with Roman Reigns on either side with the lyrics to Enrique Iglesias songs and <laughs> oh, it was, he, had, he had to use that <laughs> it was, I did it like really amateur I was like what if a teenage girl had made this and I really got into the mindset <laughs> and it was awful <laughs> oh, like a MySpace thing <laughs> it was so bad uh, so that is the Mentorable Games results well done to our winners King Zach and Don Frank uh, the game will be on next year. It's been happening every year. I've known Burn, and he's never won. <laughs> he will never win. He thinks too oh. much about it. <laughs> he takes it too seriously. Oh, it's a fun game. Right. Congratulations. Uh, yes, well done, guys. Don't forget to hit Burn up, or me, or somebody, just so he gets it. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the show. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but maybe not. <laughs> it's like... Oh, yeah, we may, we're going to maybe talk about stuff, but there's actually quite a lot to talk about with NXT because there's quite a lot of things up in the air, as there's lots of things up in the air, the main roster, anyway. So, I want to thank J. Cool for coming on. Thank you, J. Cool, for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, and it was, uh, it was a great takeover to review. Yes, it was the best takeover review. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll be back next Thursday. If, if, back to life back to reality it's back to my actual format for the show <laughs> which I haven't done in like two three months <laughs> maybe I'd, I feel like I kind of did one the other week but I'm not sure if that's true uh, my memory's awful at the moment it's almost three o'clock in the morning I'm allowed for my memory to just die a bit but anyway yeah I'm doing an actual show which fits my actual format next week <laughs> so finally I'm doing that uh, anyway so uh, but please do check out the other shows on uh, Laws of Pain Radio tomorrow it's the right side of the pond with Mav, Plan and Mazza this Saturday maybe it's an AEW thing maybe it's not we'll find out we've we've got AEW stuff coming Uh, that's the kind of day we're reserving for it Uh, Sunday is uh, Steve's all about the game whenever he has finds the time to do it which is very rarely and there is talk of uh, the uh, plan and him doing a retro shock at some point Uh, I think he talks about recording it to get it out by the end of February so expect something within the next month uh, Mondays is Kingdom of Honor with Jamman and Jeff. Tuesdays is the Global Revolution, followed by One Nation Radio, which is live immediately after SmackDown with Rich Latter and James Boyd. Then Wednesday is Sports Entertainment is Dead with Plan, who has done the in kayfabe review of uh, the Royal Rumble this week. So please do check that out. And with that, that brings me to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making any of the shows on Laws of Pain part of your week. Uh, and with that, Jake will bid you adieu. Adieu, adieu. <laughs> I even pictured you bowing over and doing the hand thing. It does in full etiquette. Uh, and with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.
As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Dock Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.